If the LDS church is not true, which church is? Didn't the Bible predict the apostasy of the Christian faith? These and 34 other questions often posed by Latter-day Saints are addressed in Answering Mormon's Questions, published by Kriegel. Written by MRM's Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson, Answering Mormon's Questions includes a glossary of Mormon terms and questions for group discussions. Answering Mormon's Questions can be ordered online at mrm.org or at your favorite Christian bookstore. Be ready to give an answer. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are continuing to look at Alma 710 in the Book of Mormon, a verse that predicts the birth of Jesus, where it says, And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers. And, of course, the Mormons are arguing that this this actually vindicates Joseph Smith is a prophet of God and shows the authenticity of the Book of Mormon as an ancient book by using expressions that they feel actually speak more correctly to the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, that might sound a little bit confusing, but you might want to go back and listen to the prior broadcast to kind of bring you up to speed on this. But today we want to look at one segment, and that's an argument that was raised by Dr. Daniel Peterson from BYU regarding the Dead Sea Scrolls. If you were to go to the internet, there is actually a video that shows Dr. Peterson and Kerry Schertz, and we mentioned that Kerry Schertz is no longer a member of the Mormon Church. He has since left the Mormon Church, no longer believes in it, and has, from all we know, has become an agnostic. But they were defending Alma 710 in this video, and Dr. Peterson uses the argument that you're about to read right now, Eric. He says... Alma 7.10 predicts that Jesus shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers. Is this a mistake? Everyone knows that Jesus was born at Bethlehem, not in Jerusalem. But it is now plain from modern evidence that Bethlehem could be, and indeed was, regarded anciently as a town in the land of Jerusalem. A recently released text from the Dead Sea Scrolls, for example, a text claiming origin in Jeremiah's days, and therefore Lehi's, says that the Jews of that period were taken captive from the land of Jerusalem. Joseph Smith could not have learned this from the Bible, though, for no such language appears in it. And that's taken out of the Ensign, January 2000, page 22. Yeah, it was an article titled, Mounting Evidence for the Book of Mormon. But is it really mounting evidence for the Book of Mormon? Does the evidence really vindicate what Joseph Smith wrote and what the Book of Mormon says and what Dr. Peterson is actually claiming? First of all, he's talking about what's known as the Pseudo-Jeremiah Scroll. And he mentions this in footnote 40, but he does not quote the fragment at length, the fragment from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the pseudo-Jeremiah scroll. When the fragment is examined in more detail, we find that it does not mention Bethlehem, nor does it speak of Jesus' birth at all. It doesn't say anything like that. We also find that the phrase, land of Jerusalem, and remember, this is the phrase that Mormon apologists have often been turning to But as we've mentioned, it doesn't say that in Alma 7.10. But we do find the phrase, land of Jerusalem, 
But when you see how it is used in this scroll, it's probably not a reference at all to the surrounding region of Jerusalem, but a reference to the actual city. And if it is a reference to the actual city, that would completely undermine the argument that is being raised here in this article from the January 2000 ensign on page 22. The fragment states that Jeremiah was one of those taken captive and that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, and I'm quoting, took the vessels of the house of God and the priests and the children of Israel and brought them to Babylon, end quote. Since the phrase vessels of the house of God is a clear reference to the temple in Jerusalem because that's where they were located, can we with absolute certainty rule out the possibility that the phrase land of Jerusalem used in this Dead Sea Scroll fragment is a reference to the city itself and not a region or a suburb? Consider also, this very similar expression is found in the Old Testament in Daniel 1, 1 and 2. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Okay, now, let's also look at Second Kings 25, 8 through 11, because this gives us even more details regarding the final days of Jerusalem. And like the pseudo-Jeremiah scroll, it mentions Nebuzaradan by name. It says, And in the fifth month, of, on the seventh day of the month, which is the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. And he burnt the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses in, of Jerusalem. Now let me stop you there, because that's important. And he burnt the house of the Lord... And which, the king's which is house where? Where, where? in the city. Yes. And the king's house. Which is in the city. And all the houses of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Okay, it goes on to say, And every great man's house burnt he with fire, and all the army of the Chaldees that were with the captain of the guard break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. Now the rest of the people that were left in the city... And the fugitives that fell away to the king of Babylon with the remnant of the multitude did Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carry away. As we've pointed out, the mention of the king's house is important since Jeremiah 32.2 says that this was where the prophet Jeremiah was being held prisoner, in the king's house. Now, we know that's in Jerusalem. Yes. So that's where he was being held. Since the scroll states that Jeremiah was among those taken captive from the, quote, land of Jerusalem, and since Jeremiah was clearly in the city of Jerusalem, it appears that whoever wrote the pseudo-Jeremiah scroll was using the phrase land of Jerusalem as a term to describe the city of Jerusalem. So you see the Dead Sea Scrolls really don't help the Mormon argument. You have to already have this presupposition and make it say what you want it to say. We might mention that in this article that Dr. Peterson wrote that was in the Ensign, there's a picture of a scroll with a caption that reads, this is what the caption says, Some have questioned Nephi's prophecy that Christ would be born in the land of Jerusalem. First of all, it doesn't say that. <laughs> it doesn't say that. 
But the Dead Sea Scrolls show that Bethlehem was regarded anciently as a town in the land of Jerusalem. That's the quote, end quote. Besides the fact that Nephi is erroneously credited with this prophecy, because it wasn't Nephi, it was Alma, there are other reasons why this caption is misleading. As mentioned previously, the Dead Sea Scroll to which Dr. Peterson refers never mentions Bethlehem at all. It never mentions Bethlehem at all. Furthermore, the Book of Mormon does not say specifically that Jesus would be born in the land of Jerusalem. That's an argument that Mormon apologists are making. It doesn't say that. It says that Jesus would be born at Jerusalem. And it's a phrase used in the Book of Mormon, as we've demonstrated over the past several broadcasts. It's a phrase that is used 19 times in the Book of Mormon. The phrase, at Jerusalem, is used 19 times. And as we've gone through each of these 19 times, it seems very clear by the insistence of Mormons themselves and Mormon manuals that of the 19 times, 18 of them, is pointing to the city of Jerusalem. At Jerusalem means in Jerusalem. The question we're raising is, well, why wouldn't it then mean the same in Alma 7.10? Why all of a sudden Alma 7.10 gets a completely different interpretation? Well, I think it's clear, folks. They have to do that. Because if it's going to say that Jesus was actually born at Jerusalem or in Jerusalem, as it's understood by that phrase then that is a serious problem for the Book of Mormon, which would certainly point out that, one, either it's not the ancient text Mormons are led to believe, or that Joseph Smith didn't have the ability to translate it correctly, but it has certainly a huge error in it. Let me just close with this. From what we gather in the Bible, the southern tribes were always known as Judah, clear up to the captivity. Jeremiah 33, 6 and 7 says this, quoting, Then Jeremiah the prophet spake all these words unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, in Jerusalem. When the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities of Judah, note, it does not say the cities of Jerusalem. It says cities of Judah. And against all the cities of Judah that were left, against Lachish and against Azekah, for these defense cities remained of the cities of Judah. Judah. If Mormons choose to point to pseudo-Jeremiah as proof that the land of Jerusalem is a common ancient expression, they should also concede that this is a reference to the city and not a reference to a land region that would somehow include the town of Bethlehem. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is really going to be all that convincing to a lot of Latter-day Saints. Certainly if there's some Mormons out there and you're kind of questioning the authenticity of the Book of Mormon, this might be something that you will seriously consider. For many Mormons, it probably won't matter. I don't know. But the prophecy once more found in Micah 5.2, which speaks specifically of Bethlehem, there was a reason for it to be so pinpoint. And since the Bible never does talk about a land of Jerusalem, that there were suburbs and that you could be miles away from the actual city and still consider yourself to be part of that land of Jerusalem, 
With no evidence to support that whatsoever, I think this is, as you just mentioned, a problem because if Joseph Smith was not a prophet of God who did not have the ability to translate these ancient plates, if there were even any plates to to start off with, if he was not able to do that and he made his own heir and placed it inside of Alma 710, what other heirs did he make? How do we know anything else that that is in there uh, we should be reading into like the apologists, the LDS apologists want to do with Alma 710? I think that's a great point. This is just one more issue where when we look at it in in more of a broader scope, because what we've done is we've gone through every time that phrase is used. I think that's a fair way of doing it. In fact, that's what Daniel Peterson said we should do. See how the phrase is used in the Book of Mormon. We did that. And when we look at how the phrase at Jerusalem is used in the Book of Mormon, we see it, it is specifically mentioning the city itself. And if a Mormon's going to be honest, he's going to have to admit that and ask himself, why in the world would I all of a sudden give one passage out of 19 a different interpretation when it uses the phrase the same way? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. All of us at Mormonism Research Ministry want to thank you for listening to Viewpoint on Mormonism. We are honored to provide effective information that hopefully encourages you to share your Christian faith with friends and loved ones. As with all missionary organizations, the generous support of friends like you is necessary for effective ministry. During this holiday season, would you prayerfully consider a year-end donation to MRM to help give us a much-needed financial boost into the new year? Your tax-deductible gifts are much appreciated and will be used to further our efforts at MRM.